If you like doing new things but not for long Like crocheting, collage, or writing a song Then come on, let's explore with a hobby whore Hello, bonjour, and welcome to Hobby Whore, the podcast hosted by certified hobby whore, yours truly, Remy Van Collen. This is the podcast where experts in something are interviewed by an expert in nothing. I'm not a jack of all trades. I'm more of an eight of clubs of all trades. I'm a dabbler. I love to dabble. I do. I love to dabble. But luckily, I have some wonderful, incredible, talented, beautiful, stunning friends in my life who do more than just dabble and have turned things that they love into professional pursuits and continue to thrive in their passions. I have one such friend here with me today. They're an icon, a star, a diva. They're the moment. They've got the juice to shake you loose. Welcome to the stage, the lovely, the talented Miss Limonade. Ooh, hello. <laughs> Hi, Lee. Hi, baby. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on. Now, Lee and I go back a little ways. Uh, we currently go to college <laughs> together. Yes, um, and we we do some theater together. We have some good times, some laughs together. We dance together. Um, and we just we just have a good time. And I have been fortunate enough um, to experience the the hobby turned profession turned um, multimedia experience that <laughs> Lee is here to talk about with us today. Lee, do you want to let us in on what that is? Uh, well, I am a drag queen. I have been doing drag for like three years and originally it was just a hobby, but yeah, here we are making money. I forgot that you saw that you were there. Oh yeah. I'll miss things. So many people weren't there because I mean, it's we did a show at our school. This is what I'm referencing that <laughs> when she saw me perform the one time I got to perform at school. Yeah, with at at the Diva Ball, hosted by one Miss Britta Filter. Britta Filter. Yeah, um, an iconic night, truly. Um, mm -hmm. You, I mean, Lee just knows how to turn the party. Like she, her looks serve, her moves serve. Everything is just, it's just so clean and concise. And I literally, I brag about you to all of my friends. I'll be like, wait, I need to show you a picture of this person. And then I just, I, I pull up your Instagram and I'm like, you just, you just have to see, especially when you're, when I like, even before we like met, met, like I had known who you were and I knew you did drag, like coming mm -hmm. in to Wagner, I would like show my friends and I'd be like, um, yeah, this kid's like 18 and <laughs> this is how stunning they look. Yeah, my like, drag made it to Wagner before I did. Oh, absolutely 100% it did. We had all heard about Limonade before <laughs> Lee Blanchard. Like, yes. Yeah. I remember getting the screenshots of some senior group chat where a picture of me doing SM by Rihanna was sent and was like, this is a freshman. And it turned out that one of our friends already followed me on Instagram. So they reached out to me and that's how I got the screenshots. <laughs> yeah, fully. Well, that was the thing. I believe, are you talking of our friend, Justin, AKA Justin, Mandra D? Mandra D. <laughs> another queen of a queen friend of ours. Grandmother um, of the House of Manad. Grandmother of the House of Manad. Um, Miss Mandra D, when we were talk, talking about you before you came um, and we brought you up, he said like, oh, that's not, no, that's not an incoming freshman. That's just a queen I follow. Like, it's like, oh, no, 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 they're not coming here. That's just oh, no, like, no, 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 no. and I look at in for inspiration. And like, <laughs> and now here we are. <laughs> here we are, suckers. <laughs> oh my God. So let's bring it back. Let's, let's go to the roots. Back now. Let's take it to the, to the birth of totally. Miss Minod. Like, okay. how did she come about? Well, I think we all knew that I was a fag before I decided to start dressing like one. Mm -hmm. um, we we definitely knew that, I think I kind of started doing it as a way to explore my gender because I always knew that I was not a cis man, but I realized that I could be a quote unquote cis woman sometimes when I wanted to be. Um, sure. So that was kind of alluring when I was like younger. And then a friend of mine, it, I did start drag purely out of jealousy. Okay. I, a friend of mine started doing like face paint and I was like, oh, fuck her. I can do that. So I started doing makeup because I didn't understand the difference. I was sure. like, well, if, if she can do it, then I can do it. <laughs> and then <laughs> Listen, I'm here for starting hobbies out of spite. Like, if it starts out of spite and it ends still a little bit out of spite, I really think that it's a beneficial situation to be in. 100%. But yeah, she saw that I was doing makeup and was like, oh, fuck her. I could do outfits then. And I saw her doing outfits and was like, well, she's doing outfits and I could do outfits and hair. <laughs> 
And then eventually we were like, oh, let's just do it together because we were also close friends at the time. Sure. Um, a, a, a little like friendship rivalry, but- You gotta have them. To- oh, we all gotta have them. Yeah, How else them. are you supposed to get better without comparing yourself to your friends? <laughs> The, the age-old question, honey. The age-old oh. question. <laughs> you ain't got a teacher. You got to find something. Ew, what is this one? Girl? Gotta- For listeners of the pod, <laughs> um, they just fixed their curl. <laughs> just so you there don't was miss a any moment. Curl. I looked at the unicorn. Oh, I got it. I loved it. Yeah, so you started um, out of this bitter rivalry to pick up all of these Started straight skills. up out of a... Yeah, I started out of a rivalry. Um, we started doing like some photo shoots together just because we were really excited to be getting into drag mm-hmm. um and then we did the whole like get it spend two hours three hours getting into drag take pictures for five minutes and get out of drag totally a Been very there. frequent yeah. occurrence in a young drag queen's yes. life um and then we luckily one of our friends turned 18 and they were also a drag queen and since I was under 18 and my friend was under 18 it just like we never could get a gig anywhere I had done right. like obviously I'm a theater queen so I had done shows in drag but I had yet to be like in a club but we got a a friend of ours that turned 18 managed to like reach out to a cafe like a queer cafe in my area and we have a an underage drag show so I did that for a few months and then just other stepping stone gigs and here we are (laughs) I haven't performed a drag in nine months well I mean you know but queer cafes are the moment for underage Queer cafes are the shit yeah if I can't like look for prospects while also drinking bubble tea, like I just don't see the purpose of it. You know what I mean? Right, like, exactly. I, mm-hmm. No, queer cafes are absolutely the moment for underage queens. And honestly, like, you know, the club is the moment as well. But like, I love the vibe of a queer cafe. Like Candy was a cafe queen for sure. Oh, because yeah. I would I would put on my little wig and bring my little ukulele and like sit on a stool on like the little like <laughs> makeup stage they had. Yeah, and that would, yeah, that would be my set. So like, I'm I'm a huge fan of that as like the gateway for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much fun. Like six of us, everyone like doing a number for a bunch of like 15 year olds. Like that's so fun. And their moms. Yeah. <laughs> and the moms you can't forget the moms the moms I still have gifts that mothers I actually yesterday I wore a leather jacket that a mom of one of like the little kids that would watch me perform gave to me like the second month that I did drag month the second um, month and I still have it I got a lot of gifts from people's mothers actually that's incredible and what a fantastic way to build a wardrobe I know yeah. my lashes case was also a gift from a mother Oh, gotta live it up. I love that. You gotta, and you gotta take it where you can. All right. And so then what was the transition into the club scene like for you? Um, so there was one bar in my area that was, that has a show every Sunday night. Welcome to drag shows in the middle of nowhere. It's never on a fun night. It's always like a Tuesday at seven or like a Sunday at nine. (laughs) Iconic. You got it. Yeah. So I I did the Sunday at nine gigs. Um, I would leave early every time because, and they would all wave to me. Goodbye, Lee. Have fun in German. uh, (laughs) The next day I always had German bright and early. Um, So yeah, I went, I started, once I turned 18, I started doing gigs at that show. And then eventually people started hearing about me. And though I was still under 21, I did start getting bookies at 21 plus gigs, which really just that just started the fire of what made me become a drag queen, basically. Oh, of course. I mean, once you're booking, like that's once it. You're booking, you you're, like, you're like, oh, so you're telling me that I can like hang out with my friend, get into drag, look the best I've ever looked, don't look like myself, walk out there, perform as somebody else and make $90 in like five minutes. Uh, yeah, I'm doing that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm doing that. And the whole time it's just me like being a teen and having fun with my friends. Right. Exactly. And like exploring, like, and experiencing the queer spaces, you know, it was so fun. Yeah. But now half of them are gone in like the last three years. Like it really is crazy. Mm -hmm. Especially with COVID dealing the low blow to like all of the, the the last few, the queer cafe is still there. The teacher totally. New Hampshire, go there. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Support your local queer cafe, please. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, 
And so let's talk about the character of Limonade mm-hmm. and how that came about. So we know that like the experience of doing drag came about out of this like friendly rivalry, picking up these skills, experimenting in that. How did Limonade become like crystallized as who she is? Totally. Well, I mean, I think that like she has kind of always, Lee has always been like, like my, I usually go by Lee outside of drag now. And mm-hmm. I also used to go by Lee outside of drag. So Lee isn't necessarily a different like, embodiment of myself um like a lot of people like have a set drag character of who they are I I just it's if you give me like a red bull I'll act the same way as I would as if I'm I'm in drag like it's just it's just normal me but a little bit gayer and a little bit more excited to be there um (laughs) but I yeah over over time I started obviously like with like t-shirt bodysuits and stuff like that just like Mm cheap stuff that I could find and put on. Um, but eventually I realized the kind of stuff that I wanted to look like and the way that I wanted to be perceived and the performances that I wanted to do. And so I would say that the the way that it's evolved more is that I started doing stuff that I knew, I like saw other queens doing and like thought that I should be doing that. But eventually I was like, oh, I, I can just make all my own mixes, style all my own hair, make my eyelashes, make my outfits and like be a complete version of what I want to be on any given like Sunday night at nine. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, it just kind of, it did just kind of happen naturally, I would say. Like I would if you asked me this question, like every three months in my drag career, I would give you a different answer. Totally. So check back in three months for Lehman on part two on the pod. DM me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's awesome. And I think that's, you know, the trap that I feel a lot of young queens fall into when they're getting started is that they see like, Violet's face and they're like that's what I want like her yeah and so they all they all copy her face and we've got 10 million violets running around in t-shirt unitards and I'm like well that's not the full fantasy mama like you're not doing anything (laughs) yeah um so I think it's great and I think there's always like what's so great about there being such like a, a plethora of uh, instructional videos and references and things is that you can pull what you like from it and learn the skill and pick things up and get some style inspo. But I think the smarter, more intelligent, more creative queens are able to pick bits and pieces of things that are out there and craft something that is uniquely them. And that's something that I think that you do. Thank you. I was going to say, that's like kind of the goal of what I usually do is I find something I like from someone else and then I twist it. I like just copy, even if it's just like, oh, I like that hat that that girl's wearing don't wear the same hat. <laughs> like that's, yeah, cool. That's a great idea. You like their hat, work on it. Make like, use a different fabric, make it a slightly different shape. Wear it on your boob instead. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> like. Girl, okay, wear a hat on your boob. Wear a hat, yeah, wear handkerchiefs on your waist and hats on your boobs, God damn it. You have to, you must. And a belt around the neck, which I still I, think is the sexiest thing you can do ever. It's, it is kind of the moment. It, it is kind of fierce um, because it, it, A, works. And B, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like fetish and it's like, yes. it's really, it, it conjures a lot of imagery to put a belt around the neck. I, I it say. always makes me think of like 20, wait, when did, it always makes me think of pre-drag race uh, Aquaria. Sure. When she, she was, was just out, wearing belts. Like, yeah. With, with Suzanne Barch, like when yeah. she was out doing fun shit and not like fully touring in Asia, that's not fun shit, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, oh, it just makes me think of that. Just like the like yeah. the nightlife. Ooh, oh my God. This is an alarm uh, to not forget about this podcast. <laughs> well, congrats. You didn't. I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love that. I love, and I love your style. And also what I love about your style is that you are not afraid to experiment. That's another thing I think that young queens get into is they're like, even if they're establishing their own brand, they're like, this is me now. And this is what I have to do forever. Like if I put three little dots in a triangle under my left eye once, that's it. That's my character. Gotta do it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like have fun, especially if you're good at it. You're dressing as a different person. Why are you going to dress the same way every damn time? Isn't that the whole point of doing drag is to like experiment with things? Yes. And I love that. And I love that you do that. I love watching you do your, your makeup transformations and see the different like looks that you pull. Um, I, oh my God, there's the one, is it still your profile picture with all the paint splattering around your face. I think it is still my profile picture. That yeah, one really, my, really gets me. Uh, the best ones that everybody always loves are always the ones that I come up like just sitting there. I had no outfit. So I was like, why don't I just put 
uh, like 10 different colors of finger paint and splattered all over my face and then give myself melting eyes. And it's and it like, was, everybody loves it. It's always the ones that you don't think about that everybody loves. It was such a look and it really, it was captivating. It was, it was, you know, I'm, I love all kinds of drag. I think all drag is valid, but like what I get really drawn to people who can like really give you mug and give you beauty face and all, and all that stuff, but then can turn around and give you a conceptual artistic rendering of themselves. And you do that. You absolutely do that. Yeah. And I, I'm, I have such a, such an appreciation for that, for just the artistry, like at the end of the day, it's an art. So have fun. It, it is. I if you okay, cross dressing is cross dressing. Mm-hmm. Drag is cross dressing with a little bit of artistic flair. Yeah. So if you're just dressing as someone else, or like you're just doing something boring, you're not. I, I hate to say it, but you're not doing drag. You're just cross dressing, which is fine. Sign me up to cross dress, which I do on the on the frequent. <laughs> but if it's not exciting and no one looks at you in, or like, okay, let me let me backtrack a little bit. Aesthetic is not the entirety of drag, but if you are wearing a just normal person outfit, you're not wearing like, you're not doing makeup, which is fine. Not all drag queens wear makeup. Not all drag queens have amazing outfits. Not all drag queens have amazing performances. Everybody's drag is different. Mm -hmm. But I will say that if you walk out there with a Target t-shirt and a pair of jeans and flats and no wig, and you just stand there and you kind of move your mouth to a song, I'm not going to call you a drag queen. I know. And even if someone does, like, no one's going to speak well of you. Yeah, all drag is valid to yourself. It's not valid to me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's the thing is, like, you want to be doing something that's going to, like, keep the crowd roaring, that's going to have people, like, speaking well of your drag. And that's fine if your drag is is more low-key, but you have to- If your drag is more realistic, go with it, and that's your drag. But you but, have to bring something to. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta well. do. So at this point, and at this point in time, there are a lot of us. I hate yes. to say it, and if if you want to experience drag by dressing the same as you would day to day, maybe think of a different venue to do your drag. Right, you that's don't the thing. Perform, maybe just like social media, maybe. And that's really the thing, and something I wanted to talk to you about is that now. Drag has so many outlets. It's oh, not no. just the clubs. No. So like if your drag isn't amenable to the club scene, if it's not really going to be like a gag-worthy performance that gets you the tips, then don't go to the club. Yeah. Like, if I know drag. that a venue is not going to work well with the type of drag that I do, I don't say yes. <laughs> like yeah. Because then it's it's just going to look bad on everyone. It's going to look bad on the venue. It's going to look bad on you. And yeah. it's just not going to be an experience that anyone's going to enjoy. You're not going to have fun. And what's the point of doing drag if you're not going to have fun? Exactly. It's supposed to be you, fun. You be doing drag in, an, in a, an arena that you know you can do well in, or at least you feel like you're doing well in. And if you don't feel like you're doing well in, if you're having fun, that's all that matters. Yeah. But also, if no one's watching, if, ne- if everyone watching you isn't having fun, something tells me you're not having fun. Right, because it's such an it's a, such an exchange of energy when you're oh, yes. live. Half of drag is just people liking to watch other people just like themselves. <laughs> yeah, if you're having a good time, chances are the crowd will have a good time, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real fun. Awesome. Um, so let's get into what did you what resources did you use to start learning how to do your face? Totally. Um, so I. Yes, starting out with drag, with the influx of drag influences from Drag Race, I did start out with like makeup tutorials from Drag Race when they got eliminated and they would post their uh, makeup tutorials. Um, oh, one moment. <coughs> Thank you. Yummy. Um, ooh, tastes like everything seasoning. Um, no. Yeah. I, it was it's really good. Um, I mean. I, literally, I couldn't tell you where I am. What was I just saying? <laughs> you were talking about like starting out with like the Drag Race girls oh, tutorials. Yes. Yeah, can you tell I'm a drag queen? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I started out doing kind of stuff like that, trying to follow other people's faces, but it was very, it's very quick that you learn that Violet Chachki's face works on Violet Chachki's face because Violet Chachki looks like Violet Chachki. <laughs> like <laughs> your face is not going to look the same as somebody else's unless you're like an aquarium is cracker situation. Mm. But like it it you can look at the techniques that somebody else uses to like make their brows and stuff but like 
that's, I did originally start trying to look like other people. And then I realized, oh, why am I trying to look like Shea Coulee when I literally look nothing like Shea Coulee? So right. why don't I just like, okay, cool. I base, I understand the basic concepts of like, okay, primer, blending, like here's how to use brushes and stuff. Okay, cool. Now I'm just not going to watch any of it and I'm just going to figure it out myself. And if I look botched, that's fine because I'm 17. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been doing drag for like three months. So I was like, okay, whatever. If I look bad, like, okay. I'm doing one show every two weeks at a cafe for a bunch of 10 year olds. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, that venue, again, just such a moment. Um, oh, fine. But I think that's so smart. And I completely agree, especially because unless it's like a really graphic painter, like unless their their thing is like really just shapes on a blank canvas, most drag queens- Oh yeah, tricks Right, like their like their faces. I mean, they're hard to replicate because it's a serious artistry. But their faces are kind of gonna look like their faces on anyone because it's shapes on a canvas. Whereas some of the more like, like or rather less of that kind of queen are mostly using their own natural features yeah. to create the face. And so if you don't have those exact same natural features, you're not gonna look like them. No, not at all. You also do have to spend a lot of time figuring out what features your face has because wowza the amount of features that like I thought I had but I didn't have or I didn't think I had but I did that you don't realize until you like start to like change them kind of I guess because mm -hmm. some drag queens do go in with like the Trixie or the Got Mix and they like change the shape of their face with creams and contours and stuff which is why it looks like them when you're on somebody else because you're literally changing the shape of your face but like I have big cheekbones and a very thin nose until the very end but then a huge bulb at the tip I don't know any damn drag queen YouTube tutorial that teaches you how to like yeah. work with that. <laughs> if you, you just that have to thing, figure out yourself. If you conjure that thing, it'll disappear. That, like yeah, I'm like, character. yeah, I'm like, what? It looks like my nose just like comes out of my upper lip. Like, I don't get it, but that's fine. <laughs> because I don't have an upper lip, which is also something you have to learn. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you really have to be able to understand. I mean, in all facets, I think of drag. You have to understand who you are in order to, create oh, yes. what comes after mm -hmm. yeah yeah you really got to know it well drag helps you figure out who you are so the beginning of when you do drag it you you are not who you are you're just like excited to be here and so you're just throwing shit on oh absolutely 100%. which I also love that I love, I love I'm, listen I love throwing shit on shit and just walking into the club with 10 pounds of makeup and like five jackets over two dresses I love that I love a new queen with four eyebrows non-intentionally <laughs> Walking in wearing like her mom's like two inch shoot heels and somebody else's dress and like a skirt as a tube top. Like sign me up. I love that. If I can clearly tell that this is your second time in drag, you're my favorite person in the room. <laughs> it's incredible because you're putting yourself out there and you're, you're making yes. the most of it. But if you walk in and you're like, I'm so pretty, I'm going to put you in your place. But if you don't, <laughs> if yeah, you're like, like, this is so fun. I'm like, oh, you're the one. I like you. Yes. And that's, I love, I love, a, I love a girl that's there for fun. Oh, so many queens aren't. I literally think about that all the time. Right. I'm fun. I think the people, re the reason people like me is because I just, am, I just, I, it takes so long to get into drag. I'm not going to get into drag and not have a good time. Right. You are fun. I will say you are fun. <laughs> um, but I think that, I mean, Drag Race has, has done a lot for visibility but it also has created this like expectation that like you can get into drag and you're going to become like the next sensation right away. And like, I don't think no. that that was the thought process before Drag Race. You think so? It I kind of do. Cause I think every person, when you put on makeup for the first time, you think that you're like, okay. oh, I'm a star. But I feel <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I feel like no, it's I get that. that the queer community was so excited to feel like they're all stars so that the mm. instant drag race happened and they just jumped. We all just jumped on it. We're like work, but I do. Okay, yeah. There are some, yeah. some not some of the expectations that people have for drag queens are just not valid. <laughs> so it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Drag race puts a lot of expectations out into the world and it's up to uh, it's us. It's up to us to, um, to remind normal people that that's not how the drag works. That's how a drag pageant works. Absolutely. It's the it's one of the grandest, most insane pageants in the world. Yeah. And that's what people have to remember. It's a pageant. Yeah. You don't you don't go to a pageant and like 
just do what I want, have a good time. No, you spent $20,000 and you spent like six months of your life getting to there. <laughs> like yes. you're going to try your damned hardest. Right, exactly. It's and that's so the thing. What actually like drag outside of the show is. Yes. And it's just very funny when the, when the judges are like, why aren't you having fun? Why are you in your head? And it's like, oh, I spent my entire life savings and gone into an immense <laughs> amount of debt to be here just so I can potentially get like another episode further. So I'm going to be a little yeah. stressed about it, actually. Um, yeah. Give me a moment to be a little bit, a little bit stressy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Okay. And then, so we've talked about makeup. How about, and did you get into like creating outfits? Cause you're, you're oh. a very good seamstress and you're very good Thank at you. upset. You're very good at upcycling. I love when you have like a garment or a fabric and then you turn it into something that, um, if you want to talk about it for, uh, as part of this journey, the, the witch skirt, the unfolding witch skirt, it really sends me. I'm so happy that you like that one. It's honestly I, one of my least favorites, but I didn't know that you oh, liked that really? one. No, I'm a huge fan of it. I think because I love anything that has like motion. I and I love a maxi skirt on a drag queen. I yeah. don't know why it got it kind of gives me life. And it had I do too. I am very recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it had it had a concept. Um, I yeah, no, I'm a big fan of that. But if you just want to talk about like your your sewing and and, and sure. in general, yeah. Um. Well, that look I never actually posted on my Instagram. So I was going to say, go look at the look that they're referencing, but mm. you you can't find it. Um, not there. It's sadly, she's not there. I never got a chance <laughs> to do a photo shoot in her, but I will be using her once we can perform again. Um, I actually was just sewing old curtains into a bunch of stuff. Mm. I just made a dress. I just made a bag out of it. It's really fun. Um, I The majority of my drag is upcycled. Almost all of it is upcycled. I would say like 98%. And the other 2% is gifts. Like, again, that leather jacket that a friend gave me or like someone loaned me a top the other day that I used, which is like work. But everything that I make is usually upcycled. One, because it's cheap. And when you make $13 at a gig and you have another gig the next day and you have no money to to like pay on for an outfit, you go to the store and you buy three $1 t-shirts so that you can at least make some amount of money. And then you make a sickening outfit out of those t-shirts and you go and you make another 40 bucks. And then you're like, okay, well now maybe I'll buy some pants and a dress and I'll make that into a, a pantsuit with a flare in the back. And it's just, you just, it, it also pushes you in a way that you wouldn't anticipate it pushes you because it makes you more creative. And the, the reason I started doing more upcycle stuff Actually, not more. The reason I started doing drag with upcycled stuff, I, every every drag queen starts as a thrift store drag queen usually. Um, I just very early picked up like, oh, I can get a 30 cent t-shirt for on like half off day at Salvation Army and I, make, I can make it into a bodysuit and I'll use the extra fabric to make a little headpiece and bam, that's great. I'll have a look. And it just evolved into okay, I'll buy this trench coat and I'll make it into a brand new like gown. <laughs> like it, I forgot the original question, but yeah. <laughs> Just like how, like the, no, the, you've been doing really well, but like, did you, did you come into this knowing how to sew? Did you learn okay. like on the spot, like as you were, as you were doing it? Yeah, I learned on the spot, taught myself how to do it. A lot of the outfits that I have worn and almost all of them have made a mistake in, almost every outfit I have, if there's like a very specific, like, oh, that's a strange detail that I wouldn't anticipate. It was probably something that I did wrong. And then was like, okay, well, I'm just going to own it and like put jewels on it or like hold it in a better way. Because when you walk into a club and you're wearing a bodysuit and everybody's seen one, they're like, okay. And if it looks bad, they can be like, that bodysuit looks bad. But if you go into a place and you wear something that nobody else is wearing that nobody else has seen, and sure, the stitching looks shitty, but you walk in there and you're like, oh yeah, this is killer. Everyone around you is going to be like, uh, and they know what they want and they're doing it and it looks different than a bodysuit. They must know what they're talking about. So I'm just going to trust it. And then everybody likes your stuff. I make yes. up designer's name all the time, constantly. You I will walk into know? a place and you didn't know this? <laughs> no. All the time. Uh, okay. Well, I do love designers and I, I do follow fashion and a lot of the stuff that I make is, uh, inspired by fashion but if I do something and I just like wanted to do it um and somebody's like why are you wearing that I'll be like oh well it's in reference to um it's uh you probably wouldn't their name uh it's uh, like John Barshamalanu and they do this like really cool floral 
like aqua, like underwater flower thing, like just make it up just, and then people will be like, wow, you are such a fashion forward queen. I do it all the time. That's major. I love that. Oh my God. I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that. It's so fun. That's incredible. Because even the people that know fashion will be like, I'm sure like, because there's, there is a million designers. So I'm sure they're like, somewhere out there, I'm sure there's some guy named John whatever who makes underwater floral fabrics. When in reality, it was just like an ugly backpack that I found at Savers and I made it into an outfit. (laughs) And I mean, I love that. And I think you're touching on something that I love about a homemade queen, about an upcycling queen, is that when you're first getting out and you're making that $13 at your gig and you, you only have that $13 to spend, you can get a really basic outfit and just throw it on your body and it's not going to look good and it'll just be what it'll be. Or you can make something of your own. It's going to fit your body a lot better because you tailored it to yourself. It's going to look different than what anyone else is wearing. It's going to feel honestly an upcycled, thrifted, whatever that you've done work on is going to look and feel more designer than yes. like an H&M Because you know dress. exactly how much work went into it. Yes, 100%. So upcycling clothing is the best thing. Teaching yourself how to sew and teaching yourself how to do wigs are the two best thing a a drag queen can do. I will say I am a a privileged situation where I had a sewing machine gifted to me for my birthday. Mm -hmm. Not many people have that privilege. So if you have $13, it's very difficult to buy a sewing machine. Right, of course. But save up if you can because it is 150% worth it. And eventually like that $13, like you don't want to spend the third, all 13 of it, because then eventually you're just going to be spending exactly what you make. And soon it's just going to, you're going to start wanting better things and you're going to start wanting to look a little different. And eventually it's just going to become a cost. Whereas if you get used to spending $3 out of every 13, then eventually you have a lot of money saved up, which is kind of what happened with me. I did like not intentionally, but ended up teaching myself save the majority of your money and don't spend it make the cheapest clothes you can and make the most money with those cheapest clothes and the best performance you can and eventually it just worked out in a way where it was like for me to quit drag would be more like would cost me more money yeah like it's a better it for me in every situation in my life continuing with drag is beneficial yes I 100% agree with you and I think the world is better off with Lima not doing drag in it personally (laughs) I just I just cannot get over. I mean, you're just you're just the fiercest. I really just, because you can do it all. Honestly, you can do it all. And that's going to lead me into my next thing that I wanted to talk about is that like, you are a fierce performer who like, <laughs> and you don't just like, I mean, you can't, you drop the splits and you death drop and you, and you dip and you, you give us, you give us the tricks in the moment, but beautiful. you also craft a lip sync of the lip syncs I've seen of you. You don't just get out there and walk around the stage and then on the beat drop, go down and no. You're not singing the song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're you give us you give us every moment. You're feeling the music. Your mixes are really, really strong. Um, you make your own clothes. And then something you touched on that I wanted to talk about that's kind of an um a collaborative endeavor that you've embarked on is your wigs. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the wigs. I love sure. Them. So I started doing wigs for myself because the first wig I ever purchased was four dollars. I just want to let you all know it was a lace front, four dollars. I got it secondhand on an app because I was it was, it went with my, like my t-shirt body suits, uh, $7 outfit. Thank you very much. And I was like, well, this is a really cheap wig that I just looks bad. I just got to figure out what to do with it. So eventually I just started, I had like one, maybe two wigs. And I was just like, I can't afford to buy a new one. So I'm just going to keep styling this in a different way. And sure. It's not perfect, but I really don't care. Um, And eventually it started looking pretty damn perfect. And then eventually people started being like, oh, can you make that for me? And I was like, oh, I can, like now I'm good enough to the point where I can start doing it like for my friends and stuff. And it just, from there, just, that's just more practice for me because I am, I cannot sit still. So I'm constantly like, I I have no reason to be making a dress out of these curtains, but I was just making a dress out of these curtains because I need something to do. So it was like, oh great, I get to just like put on Survivor and style three wigs and make like a lot of money. Yes, I will be doing that. Yes. Um, and just with every wig, I got better and better. And now I have my own uh, stock of wigs because mm-hmm. I was able to 
like make money from wigs and drag so I can get more. But with every wig, it taught me new stuff to do. And every mistake that I made, I twisted it into some cool detail in a wig that everybody loved. The one wig, the first wig that somebody asked me to make for them was because I accidentally like completely burnt one of my wigs. And I was like, what happens if I just like make it like this weird, like twisted. And somebody was like, that looks so cool and sculpted. Please give it to me. And I was like, sure, I'll just make one for you. And it, now I make like, and, and I also keep them cheap so that a lot of people want wigs because you can spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on styled wigs. But if there's a 20 year old out there styling wigs for 60 bucks, sure. Yeah. And it works out very well. It does. I mean, I, A, the wigs you styled that I've gotten to see on your various social media, I love. And I think they are very cool and sculpted and, and different. And it's not just a Marcel wave and a curl. Um, <laughs> so that's always very fun. Um, nothing against a Marcel wave and a curl, but just like- oh, yeah, I've yeah. done a Marcel once or twice. <laughs> yeah, but like, it, it's cool to like see different like head silhouettes as well. Um, that's, I think something yes. that's a little underrated. Wigs and, add so much to a look. You have to do something that's different. <laughs> like you can't just yeah. like wear a normal wig for every single look. I mean, you can, <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is part of the look and like- It is. Yeah. I mean, I do respect, I know plenty of queens that don't wear wigs and I do respect queens that don't wear wigs. Like uh, Joey J on Drag Race. Right, exactly. Stunning, sickening. You looked great in that first look, but when you came out in the second one, it's like a very similar silhouette and the same hair. But it was like, if you just put on a different wig, that whole same silhouette would have looked completely different. And yes. so we wouldn't be wanting more because the hair just adds so much to the look. It really pulls a lot of it together. So I'm here for no wigs. Like if you don't want to wear wigs, but maybe don't walk out in lavender buzz cut every single time. She right. did spray her hair red that one time. She did. She, that's not she very, does, that's not much. Right. She does the different colors, but I think you're right about the, the silhouette of the body as well. If you're, if you're going to keep the same head silhouette, if you're going to go no wig, no wig, no wig, you have to change the body silhouette because exactly. then it's, then it feels like a different look. But if you're not going to change the body, body silhouette, which is fine, if you have a silhouette that really works for you, then you're going to have to do something up here you're that's going to give something different. Yeah. It's just too predictable eventually. Right. Exactly. Drag is supposed to be exciting and shocking and fun. And eventually things that I've seen you wear or the way, the way that I've seen you look and the way I've seen you perform, if I've seen it like four or five times, I'm not going to want to see it again. Right. You have to I've keep, you keep the, people on their toes. Yeah. Keep, ooh, keep me on my toes. Mm, toes. <laughs> Well, the hot toes. <laughs> hot toe. Hot toe. Um, yeah, no, I, I, and I think it's a really great thing that you're able to like connect with other queens, like even outside of your own community that are like, oh, you're styling wigs. Can you please style this for me? I love the way you look. Like that's a really cool thing if you want to speak on that. Sure. Thank God for social media because that has made everything so much more like different, not necessarily better. Um, but I will say the drag community is so different now. Um, but yeah, having queens from like, I had one queen from Scotland who I, I never actually ended up making her a wig. She's actually a friend of mine now, but I was going to make her a wig and then I didn't because I didn't <laughs> shipping across the Atlantic is a little difficult. Yeah. Um, but I've had queens from like, yeah, all over Arizona, places like that, where it's just so strange that like some random person finds me on Instagram and was like, oh, I like the way that that person looks. I can, I'm just going to see if they could do it for me. And it worked out. It's, there have been so many situations where I show up somewhere and they're like, oh, I know you. And it just like takes it down all of the like, this is who I am. My name is Limonade <laughs> and I will show myself as a perfect human being. Like, <laughs> I just show up to a place and they're like, hi, welcome to Wagner College. Everybody already knows who you are because yeah. one person followed you on Instagram. <laughs> Literally. And it just was like, okay, cool. I don't have to pretend to be a cool person. <laughs> no, I love that moment. And I love the the connection in that. And speaking of social media, do you want to talk about your TikTok? Sure. <laughs> um, well, what's specifically about my TikTok? I mean, I, so I have <laughs> yes, you do. So what's, how did you get started on TikTok? Like what was the impetus to like start posting for yourself on TikTok? Sure. Um, so I got a TikTok for a few months and I wasn't like posting on it. I like posted a few videos that I just thought was fun, that were just thought were fun. Um, and then quarantine happened, welcome to 2021. And I was at home. And as I said, I can't, I can't sit still. 
I have this weird anxiety thing where if I don't have like a physical or like something, if I don't have something to prove that I have like continued or I have made success in some way, I just get so down on myself, even though I don't need to, I know that, but I just do. Mm. Um, and so I was in quarantine <clears throat> feeling like the, a waste of space because I mean, we all did. Um, and I was like, you know what? I really think that if I got a little bit of a following, not a billion followers, just like a little bit enough would, it would help me drastically down the road when I would like to have a larger following. Sure. It would be easier. So I was like, well, why don't I just start? I like looked it up and it was like, try posting like two or three times a day. And I was like, okay, that's doable. And so I started making things, just posting my normal thoughts. And then people started following me and I was like, oh, this is like working. Okay, work. And then I had a horrible job. And so I just posted a lot about how much I hated my job. Yes, I, I recall this series. Phone. Yes, nothing, and never forget mm. when I worked at a, I was a parking lot booth attendant at a state park. Nice. So mad. They lured me in. They were like, you're going to be like making trails. You're going to be doing all these fun stuff at the state park. And I was little hippie me was like, yes. <laughs> and I was in a booth for eight hours a day, but I got home and I would do drag on my TikTok. And then I went to work and I would do work TikToks. And eventually it just, I started finding more fun ways to make me happy when I was posting. Like the joke, I eventually realized that I was posting what I thought people wanted. Cause that was kind of the goal at first. And then I was like, well, why am I doing that? Um, I truly like 60,000 people following me on TikTok isn't going to matter really. So like, why am I worrying too much? I just want to post what I want to post. And if people like it, I'll get a little bit more of a following. But at this point, like, sure. I proven I can do it. I did it. Yep. I got my, like, I got my, like, however many followers. And I was like, yeah, I did it. I'm just going to post what I want to post. And then I just blew up from there. And now I'm at like 150. Okay incredible and then I basically took December off because I was like it was it was starting to get to the point where I was trying to I was worrying too much about what I was posting and I was trying to post three times a day and trying to make like do lives and maintain it and then I was like again why am I doing this like I, this is just for me to like have an extra side project that like just to, like give me a little bit of validation mm -hmm. not from other people but from myself just proving to myself that I can do that um so yeah, I was like, oh, I don't like that. So I just stopped posting for December just because I was like, I just need to take a month, stop, breathe, have a nice time. Um, and I'm getting back into it. So everybody go follow at Limonade on TikTok and on Instagram because I'm back into posting more. Um, and I have more content already saved, ready to go. Oh, yes, she does. She's a content queen. Content queen. <laughs> um, no, I love that. And I've loved watching like, I feel like I was able to kind of sense that shift in your content when it became more about like what you wanted to post and just having fun on the app versus, I mean, still like when, when you were posting like what you felt like others wanted to post, it was still entertaining. It was still 100% like exciting. Yeah, I had a great time doing it. Like I did a series of drag race entrances that people just really loved. Oh, and I those, had a are, lot of fun. those are like great. They were really fun, weren't they? Yeah. Um, I did like 20 of them, maybe more. And I- while they were really fun, I started like finding myself being like, okay, like what's another one? Like, I have to think of another one. And I'm just like, why, what? at this point, I'm like, if it comes to me, I'll give it to you. I really have fun doing them. But if it doesn't come to me, I'm not going to worry about it. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, that kind of started the like month off. And then I was like, oh, I can just like post if I feel like it. And totally. I and then but I still have fun posting that stuff that other people like because I know what will do well usually. Mm -hmm. Usually, um, I just don't necessarily care as much anymore. So if I feel like you know what today I want one of my TikToks to do well and I want that like validation, <laughs> um, I will post something that I know people will like. And you sometimes it works out well. Other times I'll just like post like my neuroses. Is that the right yeah. word? Sure. Just like whatever I'm thinking, there's stupid shit that just comes out of my mouth. And yeah. every once in a while, one of them does really well. And I'm like, oh, that's what you like? Okay. Because I'm kind of pandering to two audiences on my TikTok. Like I have my drag people that follow me for my drag. And I have people that follow me for like my norm, like just normal out of drag self. Um, so it's fun. It's kind of fun to find a neutral little sliver for myself. <laughs> yes it's fun it absolutely is fun and again it should be fun 
Exactly. I'm 20 years old. Why should I be wasting any fucking time on anything that's not making me happy? <laughs> exactly. And that's really what it comes down to on this podcast that we found with like, well, that I've talked to with about everyone that's come on. It's like, even when you make the leap, even when it starts to transition into something that is ultimately more than a hobby, it's a professional endeavor, it's a life pursuit, it's, it's becoming more than that. The reason you started in the first place is because it was fun. So keep having fun. Yes. Every time that I sense myself not having fun, I stop. I'm like, if I, like I've done it for drag. I've taken like a few, not a long time, but like I've taken like a week off or I've taken like a few days off or I'm just like, you know what? I'm just not going to make a new outfit for this place because I'm worrying too much about it. And that's not fun. Why would I do that? I'll sure I'll repeat an outfit. I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to have a fun time. And I know that if I'm too worried about doing something about getting to a booking, I'm not going to have fun. No one's going to enjoy watching me and it's not going to be worth it. I have done, I, I have done the, this, the days where it's like, all right, wake up, go to work, get into drag, do three gigs, drive to Boston, do another gig at 2am. And they're fun until like 11 p.m. But then right. by the time that I get to my 2 a.m. slot, I'm like, this just sucks. Mm-hmm. And then I make like four bucks because I don't, I didn't, I, I'm tired. <laughs> like I don't right. want to do it. So it's just not worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, yeah, no, I definitely understand that. And like on those days when you're just booked and blessed, but busy, um, it, it's just like by the end of it, it, that last gig doesn't always get your full self. There's always a little tension when it comes to turning a hobby into a pursuit. Right which you need to take the occasional break so that you can remember that this was a hobby first. Mm -hmm. And pick up a new hobby. (laughs) Once it stops being a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Pick up a new new hobby. Try me. I'll be your hobby. Pick me up. Pick him up. Listen, um, for the listeners out there that do not know, Lee is is compact. (laughs) (laughs) Lee is itty bitty. Yeah, I'm like 115, 53. Pick me up, throw yeah. me around. <laughs> um, so when so when when Lee was saying I was getting those one dollars t-shirts, honey, she was going to babies R us. Oh, dead ass. I would get like a small t-shirt. I was like, work, it's stretch fabric, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, stretch like, fa- four-way stretch. Four-way stretch. Literally, <laughs> I still have those t-shirt things. At mm. all I need to know if an outfit will fit me is if it's stretch fabric. Oh yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it will stretch. I don't really care. <laughs> Because every outfit that's made out of stretch fabric is about mm, this big, about the size of my rectum, um, yes. but it's not on a body. <laughs> so I'm like, work, it will stretch and fit me in some way. Oh, absolutely it will. We love a four-way stretch. It really is great. And it'll fit, the, if you get it, the, if you're going to do four-way stretch, get it smaller because then it'll fit the contours of your body. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I do also have to say, I am a little privileged also in the body compartment when it comes to making my own outfits. It is a lot easier to find a t-shirt that you can make into a bodysuit for somebody who's 5'3", than it is for somebody who's like, like larger. So I like, I can't, I I can promote making your own clothes for cheap as much as I can, but the markets for short, skinny people are very different from the rest of the world. Right. Um, As a bigger queen, I can say thrifting sheets, thrifting curtains, trying to get just like large swaths of things or being cool with quilts becoming part of your fashion. Um, like getting into like plaids and quilts so mm-hmm. that you can get, like you can use items as fabric. You can yeah. get a bunch of t-shirts and be okay with the fact that they're different colors and make that part of what works for you. That's mm-hmm. what's worked for me because then you can just treat anything like fabric. Exactly. You can make an Even you can get some pretty cheap stretch fabrics yeah, they're not gonna look beautiful because it is a pretty cheap stretch fabric. But for a drag queen who's making thirteen dollars, I really don't think that they're gonna care that much if your fabric is not uh, forty dollars a yard. <laughs> exactly. Like if if you have if your booking fee is nominal, honey, use whatever you got. Yeah. If you're a just tips kind of queen, if if people ask you your booking fee and you ask what do you have, you don't <laughs> need to worry about it. <laughs> just just find find something you feel good in that you're gonna have fun in, and you'll you'll be okay. Exactly. Yeah. So this brings us into our segment packed end of the podcast where I do all my segments in rapid succession because it's a poorly paced podcast, but I'm, that's how we do it now. And that's, that's the, that's what we're doing. Yeah. So we're going to start with our our first segment, which is one of our newer segments and uh, we call it behind the hobby um, where we just get to know a little bit about you. Ooh. So Lee, do you have a middle name in either 
out of drag or in drag? I do have a middle name. Out of drag, Robert. Robert. <laughs> Liam Robert, Robert Blanchard. Blanchard. <laughs> yes. I love that. Very, obviously very fitting. It's very fitting. It's my father's name. <laughs> I love it. No, it's, and you have a cool supportive father. He's the one that bought you the curtains, right? Yes. Oh, my dad literally was the one. He was, I have the most supportive family. Um, my parents have both always been, they loved theater, like before us children were born. So they always went to theater. Um, so then when we were really little, they brought us to the musicals. They brought us to the plays. They brought us everywhere. Um, because they were like, you, we all know that you guys are going to be artistic in some way or another. So we like, let's just show you what we like. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, my dad is so supportive. He literally took these curtain down curtains down, um, somewhere else. And then came home and was like, Liam, I brought you curtains. I'm so excited to see what you're going to make. Cause he like the other day, he, he was like, Liam, do you want these curtains? I'm going to throw them out. And I was like, no. And I made like a full ball gown. And he was like, how the fuck did you make that? And I was like, I don't know. I've never made a ball gown before, but I did it. So I guess that shows something. Um, so he just is, they're so supportive. He was so excited. To, I can't wait to show him the dress that I just made. Cause he is going to love it. I, wow. I'm, I love that. And I love, I just love that. It's just so nice to, to be in a supportive um, situation and like feel that so love. Lucky. Yeah. For so sure. lucky. And my mother wow. is my mother, my, my mom and I frequently get in fights, not because of my drag, but because I'm not showing enough skin. <laughs> so if that explains my relationship with my mother. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, uh, Lee, what is your sign? This is really fitting. I'm a Virgo. Yeah. I'm a Virgo Gemini cancer. Yeah. My cancer is just I'm just starting to realize that I'm a, more of an emotional person because I was full Virgo up until like quarantine. <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel like quarantine really, really brought out um, our, our, our least most signs. Yeah. Yes, really brought out my moon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, no, I see that for you so much. I actually, if there was a fire sign on there, I would have been very confused. I just am not a fire sign. Yeah. I'm earth and I'm air mama. Yes, you are. Yes, Miss Thing. <laughs> um, if you could pick any side dish, what's your favorite? What are we considered side dishes? Um, like, I mean, ooh. there's so many, Mama, I could eat a whole pizza on the side. Right, that's true. But I would say anything that would traditionally be on like the sides menu specifically. Totally. Like if you could order it as an additional side. Yep. Mashed potatoes, I love. And I also love Brussels sprouts, roasted Brussels sprouts. I love that. And if you're doing like a nice like Outback Steakhouse moment, like you can get both with your steak. Oh, dead ass. Why not? <laughs> and, um, wait, are they the places, are, is Outback the one that does the, no, that's, is Buckaboo Creek an only New England thing? I certainly do not have a Buckaboo Creek here in Philadelphia. Um, they, oh, damn, that place had real good pumpernickel. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Outback does pumpernickel. Okay, so maybe it is Outback. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, cool, cool, uh, cool. Yeah. All right, and then this is the heavier question that we would like to finish this segment with, which is if you could say anything to yourself 10 years ago, what would you say? Uh, how old was I, 10? Um, one, do drag. <laughs> Don't convince yourself you're fat. And have fun. Stop worrying, because then you're still gonna be worrying when you're 20. <laughs> Yeah. About nothing. I, I think have fun is just the the key. Just it's have so, fun. Yeah. It's so hard when you're young. And not that not that Lee and I are are uh, golden girls over here, but we're like we're still young. But when you're when you're younger, everything seems so big and the moment you're in feels like it's going to last forever. And it's hard to gain perspective on that because you don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah. So if we have any young listeners out there, first of all, how did you get through this episode? Second of all, um, if you did, <laughs> remind yourself to have fun in the things that you're doing because it'll help you get through. And also everything takes two years. <laughs> That's also a great rule to live by that I have I, I recently that. learned. Everything takes two years. Why are you worrying about it? It's going to take two years. So why worry about it in the first month? I'm in love with that. Everything takes two years. Even if something bad happens to you, sure, it sucks. But two years from now, you're going to be able to say, okay, I learned this from this moment. 
So everything takes two years. Stop worrying about it. I, okay. Listeners, we gotta, you gotta remember that because that yeah. is the one. I and I didn't that. start, I was like, when I started drag, I was like, well, I don't know what all of this is. And within two years, I was a full drag queen. It always takes two years. Yeah, it takes two years. Anything important? So that leads us very well into um, a segment that I call hot tips. <laughs> These, this is your moment. Anything that you have learned through your time in drag that you feel people who are just starting out should know. Sure. Uh, have fun. I hate to say it. Try to look good. Mm -hmm. Teach yourself how to do stuff. Don't rely on your friends to be able to do it for you. Like, i.e. making clothes, doing makeup, making lashes, doing hair. Teach yourself that because you can use those skills to make money even when you don't do drag. Um, what else? Um, wear heels. Don't be the bitch that doesn't wear heels for a year and a half. And then is because they're like, okay, either choose, you're never going to wear heels or you're only going to wear heels on special occasions or wear heels all the time. Because there are so many people that I've seen that are like, I'm just not going to wear this because but I was, this was me with boobs. I'm not going to wear them because it's just not part of like my aesthetic. It's like, no, you just <laughs> don't want to wear a bra because bras are uncomfortable. So just like be honest and be like, I don't want to wear a bra or like, I just don't want to wear heels. I'm not going to wear heels. Like, okay, cool. Don't just be like, it's going to be my calling card to not wear heels. Don't look for a calling card. People will tell you what it is. Oh yeah. That was I like, think that's a, no, I love, I love those were, those were, those were steaming piping hot tips. Um, Shut up. You made out a sweet, hot, steaming, spiky little tip. Oh, that's a, that, ooh, oh, that's spiky. spiky. <laughs> I don't know, spiky. spiky was just the word that came out. <laughs> I loved it. And I, I think, I think don't look for your calling card. Someone else will tell you what it is, is really, really excellent advice because. It's true. Because that ultimately what resonates with people is not what you choose is going to resonate with people. No, <laughs> it's no. what resonates with them. And then they'll tell you, and then you can wow. keep it. Give it some time. And then someone will tell you something and then you can run with it, but I, I, yes. wait two years. <laughs> um, and this brings us to my favorite segment of the show. Sponsor me, please. Okay. So this podcast famously does not have any sponsors. So I love to take this opportunity to allow our guest to call out any companies, products, people, anything that would benefit you in your life if they sponsored you. Sure. Um, uh, pump it up gold hairspray. Give it to me. Give me a sponsorship right now. I use you all the time. Um, Elmer's glue. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be the best? I know. I also just really want to be like sponsored by something absolute, like Yamaha. Like something yes. else. Like nothing to do with me, but so such a Yamaha thing to like, well, we make pianos and motorcycles and now we're going to sponsor a drag queen. Like, I just want something really random. Toyota. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my God. Something yes. that really them sponsoring me would give me, would give them nothing. I want it to just be like, yeah, my friend's uncle works at Toyota. Do you want to sponsor? That's what I want. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for not Toyota but like one dealership, like you're just oh. like resident drag queen. Shut up. Like Easton, New Jersey's uh, Rutherford Ford. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. And you're just on the show, like you're just in the showroom, like doing a number at all times. Better yet, they just put me in the sign at the end of the parking lot, the big You're just one. spinning the sign. Yes. It's just, it's, not, it's like well lit, but it's glass. It's just me like posing. Yes. Hours a day, minimum wage. Minimum, fully minimum wage. They're like, we're not sponsoring you. This is a job. Yeah, no, this is a hanging. You're not supposed yeah. to be closing. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love all of those. So if you are any of those companies, sponsor Lee, please. please. Anybody sponsor me? <laughs> I'll do it. I will gladly do advertisements for small businesses. Anybody? Oh God. And you'll want it. <gasps> that Maybe actually would be really it. fun. I would love you to should do Yes, you should start reaching out if you know owners of places in your in your area. I mean, I guess I kind of already have, but that's a that's an endeavor I'll post on TikTok. Okay, all right. Which brilliantly leads us to our last segment: plug it all. This is I'll your chance. <laughs> plug it all. Let's plug it Wonderful. all. Wonderful. Anywhere you need me to be, uh, it's uh, Facebook, Instagram, tw uh, Twitter. TikTok, all of it is Lee Monod. My name is spelled L-I-M-O-N-A-H-D. Um, yeah, 
at Limonade. Also, my name's a pun. I just want everyone to know this before we close. <laughs> no one ever gets that. My, limonade is li, limonade. Would you like a glass of limonade? It's it's supposed to be a pun about lemonade. It's from High School Musical too, but no one ever gets it. Just wanted to say that before I ended this. I love our generation of drag queens using quotes from like the High School Musical film as the inspiration I for their so. names. It's Mrs. Evans, would you like a glass of lemonade? And I was like, Sharpay Evans? Yeah, uh, yes, I would like a glass of limonade. Yes. Wow. All right. I can, I think we can all say that this was just a joy and a blast and the most fun time. I had such a good time have, uh, having a chat with you, Lee. I'm so glad you decided to come on. I'm so happy you asked me. This was such a fun little kiki. Yeah, uh, I just ha truly had a blast. Now, if any of you out there have hobbies that you are so passionate about that you have transitioned into professional endeavors, into business moments, in, or if you just have a hobby that you feel like it would be fun to talk about, email us at hobbyhorpod at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on the show. All right, everyone, have a great rest of your day and hobby on. <laughs>